Welcome to Keep the Republic with Daniel Bobinski, editor of True Idaho News. Keep the Republic is brought to you by the Political Action Committee, Conservatives of. And now, here's Daniel. Hello and welcome to Keep the Republic. Dr. Daniel Bobinski here, your host for the next half hour as we talk about issues facing Idaho from a Judeo-Christian perspective. That's my custom to do that. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we got an interesting guest today, interesting news today on the show. Uh, I'll be talking about that in just a minute. Before I get into that, I do want to remind you that we are sponsored by Conservatives Of. Conservatives Of is a political action committee that helps constitutionally conservative Christian candidates get elected to office. That's their mission. And they also happen to sponsor this show because we're about educating people on constitutionally Christian values. So if you want to help uh, support the show, if you want to help support the, uh, the effort to get those kind of people elected, you can go to conservativesof.com, click the donate tab, and uh, that'll be very much appreciated. Try to help these folks who are trying to represent the Constitution in our state get into office. Uh, as I also want to tell you, I am the uh, editor at True Idaho News. You can get a free subscription to True Idaho News if you just go to trueidahonews.com. Just click the subscribe there and put in your email address. We don't even ask for your name, just, just your email address. You're going to get one email a week. We don't bombard you with emails. We don't sell your email. We don't do anything with it except send you one email a week. And that email is going to have links to all the different articles that we put out that week so you can stay in tune with what's happening in Idaho. All right, uh, I want to move to our guest today because I have the utmost respect for this man and, and the changes that are happening in his life, are, I think, are actually uh, sad in one way, but actually good in another. And we're going to talk about that. I want to welcome to the show Representative Ron Nate. Ron, welcome to Keep the Republic. Hello, Daniel. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here and chat with you. Well, I, it's a pleasure to have you on. And uh, I have to tell you, I, you know, I watch the, the, the goings on uh, from the comfort of my desk. It's my, my, my workload is picked up and I can't make it down to the Capitol as often as I would like when the session's going on. But I do flip on the, uh, the videos and I watch what's going on at the Capitol. And I have to tell you, I really like the way you stand up for the Constitution, for conservatism. You don't take any whatever off of anybody. You just, but you're not mean about it. You're just polite and you're firm. And I really want to just, just tell you I respect that in you. Well, I appreciate that, Daniel. I, I try hard. I try to be aware of the issues, and I try to explain it in a way that can bring others aboard rather than ascend. And so I, I appreciate you noticing that, and um, I'm happy to do that in the future, too, in, in, uh, in all of my uh, roles. Yes. Well, you have been in the House of Representatives here in Idaho for multiple terms. You served and then you were out for a couple of years and then you came back for a couple of years. Uh, before we get too much into what, we're, what, what, you, what you're going to be doing, please tell our audience a little bit about what motivated you to get involved in the House of Representatives. Absolutely. For a long time, I worked with the college Republicans up here at BYU-Idaho. We had a great dynamic group of college Republicans, about 160 members. They'd go work on campaigns. They'd work on local events. They, they were just awesome. 
the university changed its policy back in 2009, and they did not want political groups on campus anymore. Um, but anyway, all of that work got me involved with the county Republicans, and I kept working with the youth in various ways as well, and uh, worked very hard on getting good Republicans elected to office, or so we thought. It was very frustrating to work hard to get Republicans elected, only to see them let you down time and time again in terms of their policy choices and their votes. And so finally, you know, push came to shove, and in 2014, my wife and I said, you know, sometimes you have to get in and do it yourself if you're continually frustrated by the process. So we ran for office in 2014, got a few donors, got up to $11,000. Um, we're still outspend about two to one, and we won our first race and um, got reelected again. And then, like you said, I lost one race, a close one by 150 votes, but then came back and won again the next year against an incumbent uh, um, by a larger margin. And, and uh, so I've had the pleasure and honor for serving three terms in the Idaho House of Representatives. And I like to think that I have a legislative record of, first of all, opposing bad stuff and stopping a lot of bad things from happening, but also getting some good stuff done, including on the pro-life issue, on protecting the Second Amendment, on lowering taxes and protecting freedoms. So I'm, I'm proud of my legacy, and I'm um, eager to continue it, even outside the legislature. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I, we've talked about it on the show, but uh, I, I tell people it, it's so sad that, what, a quarter million dollars was spent in your race against you in this past uh, election. And I understand you lost by, what, 34 votes? 35 votes. And, uh, yeah, I, we looked at it yesterday. My opponent directly her campaign alone was $144,000. And so if you add that up, that's about $55 a vote. You could buy 10 Little Caesars pizza for each voter for that. Wow. Um, her, vote, her donors were few in number, but big in amount. So she had a lot of big spenders. And uh, boy, they had to spend a quarter million, didn't they? But that's okay. I've got other things to do. I'll be influential in other ways. <laughs> and uh, we'll also keep an eye on what's going on in District 34. Um, I think that uh, our voters may end up with a bit of buyer's remorse once they realize that their taxes aren't changing and their, their freedoms aren't protected. Mm -hmm. Well, you mentioned the conservative versus liberal, uh, you know, the, the right versus left kind of mentality. And uh, I, I like to uh, ask people, I'll ask you, put you on the spot here. How do you define conservative? Um, I define a conservative as, you know, it used to be just saying, hey, somebody who follows the Republican platform, which I do. But you now have to back that up by detailing what the Republican platform has in it, because a lot of Republicans with the R next to their name in Idaho are nowhere close to following the platform. And the platform is about limited government, that we're not going to have government in every area of our lives and to solve every problem. Uh, we're going to have low taxes, that uh, people should be able to keep what they earn to the largest extent possible. You shouldn't have to be taxed out of your house. You know, property rights exist. You shouldn't have to rent your house from your government. So, limited government, low taxes, and also maximum freedoms. And with the Republican platform also comes some uh, uh, social consciousness, if you will, that we're going to 
pursue that which is virtuous and lovely and good and and try and uh and try and keep evil influences out and so we have you know principles about strong family values protecting life and uh um getting government out of the business of gambling and alcohol for uh for example that's my idea of a conservative low taxes limited government maximum freedoms and solid family values mm-hmm. i like it and um I think if people want to go, they can just do an internet search and look at the Idaho Republican Party platform and read it for themselves. It's in plain English, and uh, it's it's quite easy to look at that and say, hmm, that pretty much aligns with constitutional principles. So I'm glad to hear that. Now you also, um, this is the big news here. Uh, it's, it's been announced already. So, but maybe maybe our listeners haven't heard. But you've just taken a new position with the Idaho Freedom Foundation. This is a big role that I think is going to be pretty cool. Um, why don't you tell us about how that came about and what you plan on doing with them? Sure. The Idaho Freedom Foundation has long supported the principles of freedom and limited government, conservative values, and so. Um, my views align closely with theirs. My legislative record aligns closely with the Idaho uh, Freedom Foundation as well, which is no surprise. That that's why um, I'm one of those who get uh, high scores on the Idaho Freedom uh, Foundation Index. And so there's a large overlap in our Venn diagrams, if you will. That, uh, you know, we, we kind of support the same values. And after the close election, um, uh, we, we talked uh, about uh, the future and stuff and and talked about me taking on a position there as a senior policy fellow. Very exciting from my perspective, and I think they were excited too, so much that we um, they hired me on. And so I'm really excited to go back to Boise in the legislative sessions and work for the Freedom Foundation full-time during the legislative sessions, working on policy analysis, working on getting the news out to people about what's going on in the Capitol, testifying in committees, working with legislators to bring them good legislation and bring them along on on good things and uh, to to stop some bad things happening, and being a budget hawk, as I always am, and and just say, you know, let's, let's first of all take care of the taxpayers before we start taking care of government so much. And uh, so I'm excited to work for them. we can do some great things. They already have a great legacy of, of protecting Idahoans' rights and freedoms, and I'm proud to join their team and, and help advance it in any way I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you're just tuning in, we are talking with Representative Ron Nate uh, here on Keep the Republic. This is Daniel Bobinski, and, and Ron uh, just barely lost his last election and is now going to be taking in a, a, a role as a senior policy fellow with the Idaho Freedom Foundation. And the mission of the Freedom Foundation has been smeared in the press quite a bit in the past, oh, I'd say a year or so. I think the people, I call them far-left Republicans, like, as you said, people who put ours after their names, but don't govern or legislate in accordance with that R. Uh, they have been smearing the Idaho Freedom Foundation as a libertarian organization. And then they take that, that uh, left side of the libertarian spectrum, like the pro-drug, pro-all sorts of weird freedoms that uh, a constitutionalist would not support. Uh, and they try to say that the, that the Idaho Freedom Foundation is supporting those things. Have you heard those kind of things, Ron? Oh, I've heard those things a lot. You know, the, the, uh, the amount of negative press that the Freedom Foundation gets from the liberal media 
is directly proportional to the successes that the Idaho Freedom Foundation has. And so if they weren't doing anything good, they would be largely ignored by the media and the pundits and the critics out there. But because they are so much in the public spotlight, it's only because they are doing good things. And sure, uh, the, the left and the liberal media always try and cast their opponents as extremists. I mean, they've even gone so far as to use words like domestic terrorists, um, which, are, which are buzzwords in, in uh, security talk. And so, um, yeah, they always try and cast their opponents as extremists. But uh, when you're following conservative principles, you know, I, I think they would have called the founders extremists, wouldn't they? But uh, that's what the Freedom Foundation supports is let, let's have those constitutional principles, uh, freedom principles, and, and they'll support those. And uh, sure, it draws heat, but that's only because they're over the target. Yeah, I think I think you're right on. There's a, a guy who used to be the uh, attorney general for this state, actually served on the state Supreme Court. His name is Jim Jones. He has been uh, very vocal against the IFF, and he has used the phrase that the IFF uses a suspicious grading system to grade various pieces of legislation. And I've got to say, uh, if anybody's... Um, more transparent, it's the Idaho Freedom Foundation. You guys, uh, you, ha- you have 12 questions that you ask of legislation. It's on the website. People can go there. They can read the questions. They can look at how you guys evaluate pieces of legislation. There's nothing suspicious about it. Um, what's, right. what's your take on that grading yeah. system? Because you have looked at that grading system, I'm sure. What's oh, your, absolutely. What's your take and, on it? And for someone like like uh, former Justice Jones to say that uh, it's suspicious is either ignorant because he hasn't looked at it, or it's just disingenuous because he's smart enough to realize uh, the simplicity of the grading system. It is just those, those 12 or so principles. And uh, the IFF just says, all right, here's a piece of legislation. Does it grow or, or shrink government? Does it raise or lower taxes? Does it expand or reduce freedom? Does it add regulation or take it away? Is it constitutional or is it not? Just ask simple questions like that and then rate the legislation. As far as legislator scores go, that's really not, um, not the issue here because the IFF rates the legislation. The legislators give themselves the score based on how they vote on legislation and freedom and constitutional principles. And so the the rating system is, you're right, completely transparent. It's right out there. And if you have an issue with the way a a bill is graded, then then bring that up with the IFF. They're happy. We're always happy to talk about it. We'll talk about any rating. And um, but by and large, even if you know, even if there's a small error here or there, this is a this is an aggregate. And so it's hard for a legislator who scores 60% to claim in any way that they're a conservative right. because they had to vote against a lot of good bills and for a lot of bad bills to get a score like that. And unfortunately, we have too many Republicans in the House and Senate who have low scores like that. They're, they're, out, they're down there mingling with the Democrats. Yeah, I think um, I was looking at the stats and uh, the pre- Senate President Pro Tem Chuck Winder scored a twenty nine point seven on the Freedom Index. 
And uh, I was looking at then the uh, the the minority leader in the Senate, the the Democrat minority leader, and she scored a twenty nine point three. So, I mean, it's like with with, uh, with Republicans like Senator Winder, my I say, and this is me speaking here. Uh, why do we need Democrats? Because um, he's voting just <laughs> just like one. Um, the here's here's something though that you have intimate understanding of that a lot of folks don't know about, and that is the influence of IACI. Now it's an acronym I A C I. It's the uh, the organization of uh, Idaho Association of Commerce and Industry, and you're not going to find small businesses involved in IACI. This is all big business, and I'd like. Uh, Representative Nate, if you would tell our audience a little bit about what you understand about IACI that many folks may not know. Um, IACI is one of the most powerful lobby groups. They spend a lot of money on elections, and they wield a lot of influence in the Idaho Capitol. And the way they wield the influence is, first of all, on members of the legislature, but also specifically on leadership of the legislature and the governor's office. Those parties know that if they don't follow what IACI wants them to, the wrath of IACI against them can be fierce. And so in, in elections and in um, just simply perceptions, IACI wields a lot of influence disproportionately. And you're right. It sounds nice that it supports commerce and industry, but it's not all commerce and industry. It's big business, big commerce, big industry, big power brokers. And that's where they put their money. If you were upset about having mask mandates, uh, having um, small business shutdowns, business closures, uh, church closures, um, IACI was supportive of all of that. IACI was fine with mask mandates. It's interesting that a lot of the bad things that happen to small businesses come about because big businesses are fine with regulations that they can endure but that small businesses can't. In America, that's how we got minimum wages. That's how we got uh, a lot of the regulations on businesses, is that the big companies wanted to protect themselves from startup competition. And it works that way in Idaho, too. IACI is for big businesses. They're not for the people. They're not for the taxpayer. They're not for small businesses. And uh, they're one of the most uh, negative influences in the Idaho capital. and uh, that's just the way it is. Um, I've seen supposedly good Republicans or supposedly good leaders cave Tayaki time and time again. They stop the legislation that they don't want, and they advance legislation they do. It is so sad. And, and I think what, what a lot of folks uh, may not understand, it took me a, a little bit to understand this, is it's not just Iaki's, um dollars as their um, lobbying organization. They are made up of dozens of big businesses in this state. So it's not just donations coming from the IACI organization, but you have Idaho Power and you have Micron, all these big organizations that put big dollars into campaigns. And if they are all in agreement that something is good, now you've got not just one organization, but dozens of organizations threatening you with uh, primarying you or putting money into or, or out of your campaign. True. And if you, you want to see a case in point, the workforce, devel- workforce development, uh, the housing uh, bill last session, that's not a conservative principle. Building public housing 
for supposedly the workforce, supposedly low income. It's not going to end up that way. This was a favor to big contractors and to big businesses who uh, will will have more access to employees who are able to afford to live closer to work. But this is not a free market or conservative principle at all. IACI was for it, so IACI got it. And uh, they can't do that with just Democrat votes. Uh, like I like to say, there's there's Democrats in both parties in the Idaho legislature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let me let me also um, point out that our and you you can verify this for me here. Um, I understand uh, our governor, Governor Brad Little, used to be uh, was he was he president of IACI? Oh, I I. I don't know that. I don't have that little piece of information. Would uh, not be surprised, though. Yeah, back in, back in the day. And his current chief of staff at the State House uh, was the number one lobbyist for IACI before becoming chief of staff for the governor. So there is huge influence in in uh, IACI's involvement in the uh, on the second floor of the State House, so to speak, where the governor's office is. Um, and by the way, if you're just tuning in, we are talking with Representative Ron Nate, who is taking a position as a senior policy fellow with the Idaho Freedom Foundation. So we're going to get to hear some really cool stuff, some honest input uh, about, you know, from, from the inside, so to speak, uh, from uh, that we can be able to talk about on this show and with our friends. Um, Representative Nate, there's something else I want to talk to you about before we go that there is, and that is this, this tax issue. Uh, there is uh Big, there was a big push, and you, you were a big spearhead on this, to try to get rid of property taxes or proper tax relief, I should say, and roll back the grocery tax during this past session. You brought it up every day. It was awesome to watch you do this and to press the point, even though those who were in power um, were obstinate and didn't want to hear it. So you, you were very active, and the conservatives in the House were very, very active at trying to get tax relief for Idahoans. Uh, And now I just saw um, Representative uh, Tammy Nichols had put on her Facebook page that the Ada County Democrats are now pushing, making a big deal out of fighting to lower taxes for Idaho families, making property taxes fair for homeowners, repealing the grocery tax, all these things about tax reduction. And she says, where were they during the session when we were trying to do this? Can I get your feedback and your thoughts on this? Yes, absolutely. It's fascinating to see the Democrats uh, push for repealing the tax on groceries and or uh, doing a tax holiday or you know suspending the tax on gasoline for a time period. Those were two bills that we actually brought to the floor. Now, the leadership um, and chairman of committees did not want to hear those bills. They had other things they wanted to work on, which involved mostly spending up taxpayers' money. But they did not want to have those voted on. So we used parliamentary procedure to bring them to the floor, and then uh, the motion was made to keep them in committee. And so time and time again, we made this parliamentary procedure, and then they would have to vote to keep them in committee. The Democrats over and over again voted to keep them in committee. Not only that, there was one day in particular when the Democrats, some of them stood up and said, using this parliamentary procedure in this way is not appropriate, and made a big deal about uh, using the rules of the House to try and get a bill heard. 
my view was we're using the rules of the House. We're using everything we can to protect Idaho families from this crushing inflation. And if you don't like the parliamentary procedure, well, then get the committee chair, get the leadership to hear the bill. And they, they weren't doing that. They weren't willing to do any of that. I called that bill, that House bill up for repealing the grocery tax probably no less than 30 times to, uh, to see if we could get a vote on the floor. Tammy Nichols and I were the co-sponsors of the gasoline tax break. Uh, we probably called that up 20 times. And every single time, the Democrats voted with the leadership to keep the bill in committee. And it's, so it's just delicious right now to see them say that they want to work for the taxpayer and repeal the tax on groceries or relax the tax on gasoline or work on property tax cuts when all along they sat there on their hands and voted the wrong way. Nonetheless, here we are. The past is the past. If they want to propose those bills, if they want to call for a special session, and if the uh, governor's willing, I am happy to go back during a special session and get those bills done, or a version of them. You know, I'm not married to any one particular bill with particular language, you know, but we couldn't even get to the point where they would even discuss changes. I'm excited to do that. So, yeah, I'll, I'll make the call out there. Governor, as a sitting representative of District 34, I think we ought to come back to the, to the session, uh, put a holiday on the tax on gasoline, drastically reduce or eliminate grocery taxes, and really help out families now instead of waiting for the next legislative session. We should get it done. I like it. And, and I like that approach because it doesn't matter who's presenting the bill. It really bothers me when I see somebody being partisan and saying, well, we're not going to support that bill because the other party is promoting it. If it's good for the people, it's good for the people and we should vote for it. So I'm glad to hear you saying that. Uh, we've got about a minute left. Well, um, you are going to be doing this um, this senior policy fellow position with Idaho Freedom Foundation, and you're also going to be doing a podcast. Uh, I don't know what kind of planning you've done on that, but what, is there anything you can tell us about that before we sign off? Uh, yeah, happy to. And, uh, you know, I hope, hopefully there's enough space, uh, you know, uh, outside the Babinski's program here to do another podcast, <laughs> but we'll work on it. I think it'll be a compliment, not a substitute for sure. And uh, what we'll do is um, I want to keep up to date on the legislative process, let people know on a weekly basis what's going on in the legislature, when they need to show up and, and testify, what bills are passing through. I'll have legislators and uh, policy thinkers on the show from time to time and talk about what is going on in Idaho so everyone can stay up to date and know when they need to contact their legislators, when they need to get involved. Um, we'll, we'll talk about all the issues. There'll be no safe spaces and uh, happy to uh, keep Idahoans informed and engaged. I love it. I love it. And you'll be able to hear that podcast on IdahoFreedom.org. Representative Ron Nate, thank you so much for joining me here on Keep the Republic. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. It's a pleasure. Well, you've been listening to Keep the Republic here on 941 The Voice. And if you want to listen to this show again or share it with your friends, you can go to 941thevoice.org and click on the Program Archives tab. Click on Keep the Republic and you can listen to it again, like I said, or share it. And of course, do go to trueidahonews.com and subscribe. That's totally free to do. Dr. Daniel Bobinski here with Keep the Republic. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. Until then, be blessed. Thank you for tuning in to Keep the Republic. 
If you'd like to support this broadcast and help fund Christian conservative candidates, visit conservativesof.com. Also, please pray for our republic and for godly men and women who will work to keep it.